Thanks, Aaron, and praise band for leading us in worship. And it's always a, an awesome time to be able to come in God's house to praise Him and worship together. And I appreciate that. For you who do not know, I'm Dick Bagwell. I'm one of the associate pastors here. Uh, uh, Brother Jeff and Kelly are on a, a much-needed little time away for uh, anniversary. And and I'm been having something about my shirt, I think. So the... Uh, uh, so we just want to pray for them as they as they're away. Just uh, continue to lift them up in, in prayer and uh, remember our youth. Uh, Bobby and Kyle are down with uh, about 50 of our church who are having a, a wonderful time down at the at the Gulf and the youth camp. And there's been um, uh, reports of just several of those kids that were there <clears throat> who's given their heart and uh, life to Jesus Christ. So continue to pray for those Can, and continue to pray for the efforts that that Sydney mentioned. Uh, as they uh, planted seeds and did work in Puerto Rico. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the summer. I think a lot of people think when summer hits that everything gets real slow around the church and uh, uh, from Bible school to uh, youth camp to show-offs to, uh, to the Esperanza House ministry that's happened in there. It, it just seems like every day there's something going on that's, uh, that's awesome uh, uh, as we serve God through our church family. So just remember all those different things in prayer as we gather uh, uh, each and every week. It's not just what we do on Sunday. It's what we do each and every day during the week. I continue to pray for your Sunday school classes uh, and your leaders as they uh, work real hard uh, to do the things that we need to do. Uh, so again, I appreciate you letting me have this opportunity to come. And uh, a couple of years ago, Jeff uh, approached me and uh, asked me to uh, to do some research and to try to come up with a uh, a visual plan of uh, what it really means to be a disciple and how we as a church could become a disciple-making church. And uh, uh, so we went to a couple of conferences. We read books. We studied together. We uh, and if you've been through this discovery class or one of the vision things, you've seen a little bit about this uh, uh, cover on your program, but also have it on a slide for you to see. It's our, our path to discipleship that we have as, as a church. Uh, you know, all those different things I mentioned uh, all exist for one thing. It's to try to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we, we do all these things, these ministries to various groups and to various age groups, we, uh, we hope ultimately that at some point our front door of our church will be as people come into this time of worship, uh, either this hour or the early hour, and worship together uh, as we worship our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. So that's our front door. Uh, I'm going to quickly cover this. Uh, it kind of goes along with a little bit about the message that, that God has placed on my heart. But we move from, as, as you come into the front door, you'll hear us say, we invite many of you to come to our, our Discovery class, Discover Parkway. So you'll know more what we believe. You'll know the things that we're doing and what we're all about as a church. Uh, and we hope that would lead someone, especially someone who's not a believer, into believer's baptism. Uh, uh, to follow Jesus with your heart and come uh, uh, together with us and be baptized uh, into the body of Christ and, uh, and to follow Him. Uh, you hear us all the time talk about, if you don't have a Sunday school class, we'd love to point you to a Sunday school class. Because we really believe that life change happens best in a small group. Uh, I mean, we love worship. We love gathering together. But, you know, when you come into a worship service, it's easy to slip in and sit down. And when, it, when the pastor says amen, to slip out and really uh, not engage with anyone. We believe that part of our life as Christians is to engage with each other, to be a part of each other's family. Uh, that's, we, that's what God teaches. So that we hope that leads to that small group connection. 
which also leads to what's happening with a, a few people in our church, and hopefully we can continue to add more. It's uh, small discipleship groups of maybe two or three to four people who are gathering on a weekly basis, who are really digging into each other's life a lot deeper and sharing their, their hopes and dreams and their thoughts and the things that are going on in their lives as well, uh, uh, and where true discipleship really becomes part of uh, who we are as, as a church which in turn leads to what happened last week uh, uh, and what happens so many different things is our, our church members begin to, to do service. Uh, you serve in our nursery, uh, serve in our Sunday school, or serve with the Esperanza House, which is our ministry that we've uh, just uh, recently partnered with to, to reach uh, the Hispanic community, to serve at the Dean Road housing project that we, as we meet together and uh, bring food and uh, pray over our families, serve in so many different ways to the point where you may even be able to go uh, and serve like they did last week, which kind of leads to our sharing, uh, evangelism. We have our, our Tuesday nights where we go out and we uh, tell people we are, we're glad they come to our church, but also it's more important than that, that we want them to know why we gather. It's because we love Jesus and we want the world to know that we love Jesus. And, and believe me, our world needs Jesus more now than they've ever needed him before. Uh, uh, evangelism and missions is, is so important to what we do, which takes us right back to what we're all about is the circle, back to trying to get more people into the front door. Uh, and, and so that's an important thing is what we try to do uh, is to, to make that circle. Uh, and so it's a constantly uh, doing what God calls us to do. Uh, you know, a uh, spiritual addition uh, is a ministry is when someone leads people to Christ. Uh, uh, evangelism is very important. We believe very strongly, but but it doesn't always disciple. It doesn't always train. It doesn't always take these converts to go out and do the things that they're called to do. And so one of the things that we hope to accomplish through our church is to begin to really, truly disciple people because this... If you're really a disciple of Christ, you only become a full-fledged disciple if you become a disciple of someone else. Uh, God's plan is for us to, to not just stay where we are, but to move forward into a relationship with Him. In Matthew 28, uh, a passage we all have heard many, many, many times, but uh, uh, Jesus makes it very clear where He says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and make converts. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So today I, I started thinking about what's it really mean to, to communicate with you about how to be a disciple. How do, how do we become a disciple in church? Well, a couple of years ago, at one of the conferences I went to, there was a visual demonstration of what happens when a church becomes a disciple in church. And so I've asked a couple of our men to help me out today. And so uh, you need to pay attention because you might have to move. Uh, so Mark and Gus, they, these are my guys. Yeah, these guys love Jesus. They love Jesus with all their heart. Uh, they want to serve Him. Uh, they have a passion for people. Uh, they have a passion for people's lives. They want to see people's lives change. Uh, and part of that is what they do is that they understand that Jesus has called us to go reach people for Him. So I'm going to ask them to go out and lead somebody into a relationship with Jesus and bring them back to, to their fellowship. So guys, if y'all do that. 
And as they go, you just don't be, don't be shy. When, when they bring you up, you come be a part of their fellowship. All right, so, you know, as a church, that's what we do. We go out and we try to re- lead people to Christ and we bring them into a relationship with Him. And it's what Gus just did. Now, BJ's part of Gus's fellowship. Uh, they, uh, he's, he's so excited. He's given his heart to Jesus because Gus did what, what Christ said that he's to do, to go lead somebody into a relationship with Him. So did Mark. You know, these guys, both of them just love Jesus. They love sharing Christ. They love doing what, they're, what they do. So, so now, uh, after they've, they've got together, Gus, Mr. Evangelist here, he's going to go out and lead somebody else to Christ. Okay? So, Gus, if you'll do that. And while he's doing that, Mark's going to be discipling. And as he finishes discipling, both of you will go get somebody for Christ. So y'all go get someone. Lead somebody to Christ. All right. So Gus has already got somebody. He's led to Christ again. There's three people. Uh, it's awesome. Church is growing, right? It's what God intended us to do. Uh, three people have come to Christ. So, so now Mark has discipled and his church has become four people. All right, so as they, as they continue to meet together, I mean, Gus is still excited about Jesus. He's excited about the things that's happening. He is called to reach people for Christ. He's a soul winner. Uh, Mark is doing the same thing, but Mark also believes a little bit deeper. He believes that I'm going to pour my life into somebody. I'm going to disciple them. I'm going to teach them what I know from God's Word. And once they learn what God has, you're going to go out again. So if your church will go out and reach some people for Christ, and Gus, if you'll go lead somebody else to Jesus, okay? So, so Gus is doing his thing. Mark and his church are doing their thing. You know, everybody doesn't follow Jesus, so... Uh, they may say no, but uh, just you keep working. So, so they come together, and the, the church continues to grow. The church continues to do the things doing. Both churches are doing what God has called them to do, right? The, Gus is doing uh, evangelism. He's sharing Christ. He's loving on people, uh, and his church is growing. Uh, Mark, he's pouring into people, uh, and his people are pouring into people. And as they continue to grow... Uh, it's just amazing what's happening. So if, if you guys will go lead somebody to Christ, Gus, go do your thing, man. You're an evangelist. Go find somebody to lead them to Jesus. So, <laughs> Need some wisdom over here. Yeah, it looks like it for sure. Notice the college minister gets college people first. Uh, all right, so... The two churches are just, I mean, they're both doing what God has called them to do. They're both leading people to Jesus and to a growing relationship with Christ. Gus is doing an awesome thing. So Gus, go, get, go lead somebody else to Jesus. Guys, if y'all been discipled, y'all been taught, and God's working in your life, it's time for you to go out and go get someone else and bring somebody to Christ. Do you get the drift? Do you get the point? Both these guys are doing what God has called them to do. Both churches are evangelistic. Both churches are leading people to Christ. But what's happening? Is what Gus is doing is wrong? No. But what Mark's doing is better. Uh, what his church is doing is better. Uh, it's what the addition between... The, 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 it's addition multiplica- versus multiplication. So where Gus is using addition to grow a church, Mark's used multiplication to grow a church. 
when I saw that, it was such a vivid picture of what the church should be. Guys, y'all can go sit down. And thank y'all for doing that. So, do, do you see the, the, how strong a picture this is? Uh, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples. And you know what disciples do? Make other disciples. It's, it's a continual process. It's, it's a will that doesn't stop. And I think God had in mind with the Great Commission is that there's a task for us to do as a church. And that task should never stop until we reach the world for Christ. Uh, you know, the Great Commission's in Matthew, but there's also biblical support throughout the Bible for that. Uh, in Colossians 1.28, it says, We proclaim Him and admonish every man and teach every man that we may present every man complete in Christ. Every man complete in Christ. The goal for us is not just conversion. It's completeness. And we don't become complete until we begin to do what God wants us to do on a daily basis. Uh, you know, he said in Matthew again, he says, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. I think sometimes we only read that teaching to observe some of the things I've commanded you. Our command for God is for us to go out into this world as a church and to make disciples. Uh, and it's so important for us to be about that. The world we live in today needs to hear it. They need to see it. They need to experience it, what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the only way that's going to happen, if we truly believe in discipleship. Because you know what? Gus can't do it alone. He needs people there with him. You saw the difference in what could happen if we become a disciple-making church. Uh, it underscores the, what God's will for us as we come to maturity in Christ. And we come to the full knowledge of who He is. Uh, uh, and so it's very important that we do. In 1991, I'd been a youth pastor for a few years, and I guess if you really look at it, I probably directed a bunch of youth. I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, you know, I really, honestly, when I went to seminary, one of the last things I wanted to do was be a youth pastor. Uh, uh, I said, well, I'll do anything you want me to do, God, but I don't want to work with youth. I don't want to preach. Uh, I actually was a rec guy, and I really wanted to do church recreation. So, but my first church hired me, called me to, to ministry to come. They were building a, a Christian life center at First Baptist Sylacauga, and they wanted me to come help build that Christian life center, which is right down my alley and my gifts. And they said, oh, yeah, but we also need you to do youth. I was like, okay, that's the job. So I became the youth director or youth you know, uh and, and I did a lot with youth. We did a lot of camps. We had fun. We played basketball. We did all the stuff that I like to do. But in 1991, uh, life changed for me in ministry. We were at a camp in, uh, in Panama City, youth camp. Uh, one of the guys that was there leading the youth pastors called us all in, and we had a Bible study while the youth were out doing their thing. Uh, and he... Uh, his message was from Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, it says that it's God's plan is to prepare God's, it's our plan as a church, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Uh, kind of caught my attention. Uh, 
And then this is what he said after that. And, and this kind of shaped the, the ministry for me for the rest of the time that I worked with students. It says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You know, as we grow in maturity, uh, this passage just speaks so strongly to me. Uh, I began to understand what it really meant to be a pastor more than a director of activities for people. Uh, it was poured into people's lives. Because, you know, if you look at that passage where it says that we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by cunning and craftiness of men and deceitful scheming, there's a lot of deceitful things being taught in our world today. Uh, and a lot of them are being taught in the, in, the, in the mind of truth. And our truth needs to come from biblical truth. Uh, we don't need to care what the world says. We need to care what Jesus says. Uh, and we need to live that, and we need to teach that. Uh, it's God's desire for us to have our character uh, in the ministry that we do. Uh, uh, it's, our, it's His desire that we do the works, because while we do it, it says, for the work of service builds up the body of Christ. So when we have those things that we've got scheduled all these times, it's not just a bunch of activities. Sometimes it may seem that way. It seems that way to us a lot of times. But it's all about building up the body of Christ. Why do we do a food distribution? To feed people? Yeah. But more important is to build up the body of Christ. You know, why do we go on a mission trip? To build a house? To work on a church? Yeah. But it's also to build up the body of Christ. Why do we go out on Tuesday nights and hand out little flyers that go on their doors to say, come to Bible school or come to this activity? It's to build up the body of Christ. That's what we need to be all about. Everything that we do, everything we plan, everything we structure here at the church needs to be about building up the body of Christ so that we can do those works of service. Second uh, Timothy 2.2 2 says, All these things you've heard from me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who are also qualified to teach others. It kind of emphasizes teaching, but that's, a, again, a focus on multiplication. Uh, it's a connection between teachers and students who need to become teachers so they can teach students, so they can become teachers, so they can teach students. I, I said in the early service that one of the saddest things to be a pastor who's in charge of education is when you see people that you know are gifted teachers who are sitting in a classroom not using their gifts or their abilities that God gave them to teach others. Because that's our calling, is to teach others. To teach others in your home, teach others in your business, to teach others at church. So our challenge is to, to move to a, an attitude that we're going to sit and see what God's going to do for us so that we're going to serve and see what we can do to help spread the kingdom of God everywhere we go. Uh, teaching doesn't just start with the teacher and end with the student. It carries on uh, and carries on and carries on. When we were in Arkansas, we had a teacher named Rosemary Griffin. Uh, I don't know if Rosemary was the best teacher I ever knew, uh, but I can tell you this. Rosemary, first week of the year, told her students, my goal is by the end of the year, every one of you leave my class. She didn't want them in her class. 
She went them out serving. And she taught for them to serve. And she poured into them. And every year, that was where we got most of our teachers out of Rosemary's class. You know the interesting thing? As many people that left her class, every year her class was always one of the biggest classes in the church because it just kept growing and growing and sending out and sending out and teaching others and leading others. And that's, that's what God calls us to do, to be out making the difference uh, in the world that we live in. Again, back to Ephesians, it says, From Him, the whole body, the whole body, all of us, is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. you ever thought of yourself as a ligament? Uh, uh, it grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We need our church members to step up. We need each one of you to step up and do something for Christ. And I know everybody doesn't feel like they have the gift of teaching. Everybody doesn't feel like they have the gift of uh, serving. Everybody doesn't feel like they have a gift of, of hospitality. But everybody has a commandment from God that says we're to serve. So you need to find your place of service. Uh, part of that, we need to be involved in discipleship. Uh, the idea of connection is so important. And part of what we need to do is that whole body is connected together. If you're not part of a discipleship group, you need to be. If you're not being discipled, you need to be. If you're being discipled and you're not planning on discipling somebody else, shame on you. You need to be ready to step out and disciple somebody else. We've got too much at stake for us to sit back and just pay somebody to be our spiritual leader. We need to be the spiritual leaders that God has called us to be. Uh, we don't need to be sitting on the sidelines watching. We need to be in the middle uh, of everything. Doing evangelism like Gus was doing, but also discipling like Mark's group was doing. Uh, you know, that's a, a concept that we hear even all into the Old Testament. Many of you know the story of, of Moses who was working himself to death, uh, trying to minister to the Israelites, and, uh, his, and uh, Jethro confronted him and, and single-handedly said, you're just doing it all wrong, uh, and changed the whole course of, of what was happening. Listen to what Jethro said to Moses. What is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as a judge and all the people stand out around you from morning until evening? You shall surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you. For the task is too heavy. You cannot do it alone. It's a pretty strong statement. Uh, and Moses understood and Moses listened. He was trying to do too much. He was getting burnt out. The people were getting frustrated. There was things happening that didn't need to happen. And then secondly, Jethro went back to Moses and said, here's the solution. Listen to me. I shall give you counsel and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God and you bring the disputes to God and teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they're to walk and the work that they're to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of the people able men who fear God, men of truth, and you shall place these over as leaders of thousands leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, and leaders of ten. Spread the work out. That's basically what he was telling them. It's multiplication. The more people that are doing ministry, the more tasks that get done. What tends to happen is there's, you know, they, they say there's an 80-20 rule. 80% of the people do 20% of the work. Most experts believe that's turned more into a 90-10 rule. 10% of the people do about 90% of the work. 
and it wears out the 10%. When there's a lot of people that have gifts that are sitting and just watching, and they need to be using their gifts, and you know, the more you use your gifts and the more you serve, the more fulfilled you are in life. The more you just know that you're doing what God has called you to do. Uh, God's always been interested in reproduction. Always. In fact, one of His first commandments to Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and multiply. Now, He was talking physically. But when Jesus took that same concept he, as being fruitful and multiply, Jesus made it a spiritual thing. Uh, he wanted us to reach out. He wanted us to disciple. He wanted us to teach. He wanted us as the people being discipled to become disciplers who in turn will disciple someone else, who in turn will disciple something else. And uh, you'll see that. There's a chart I have up here uh, that you can see. Gus the Evangelist, if he led one person to Christ every day for the year, he'd, he'd lead 365 people to Christ. That's awesome, isn't it? If, that, if we had that happen as a church, we would celebrate like crazy that 365 people got saved. If you're a discipler like Mark or a D group of three, you might lead two or three people to Christ in a year. It sounds like, wow, that's not very good, is it? Look about week eight. An evangelist, he would lead 2,555 2, people if he led somebody every day to Christ. A discipler, 128. If you've got a group of people that are being discipled doing it, look at what it says, you know? 2,197. Still looks pretty good to be an evangelist, doesn't it? I'm not saying evangelism's wrong, but look at the last number. In 16 years, an evangelist that leads one person per day to Christ will lead 5,840 people to Jesus. That is an amazing number in task. But look what a D group leader would do. 43 million people would come to faith in Jesus Christ. What's going to change our world? It's going to be us teaching that it's all about discipling others. If we disciple others and disciple others and disciple others and have them discipling others, it's just going to compound so much. It's going to impact our world for Christ in a way that we can't even imagine. Uh, the Great Commission was designed to be a team effort. Uh, I don't know if a lot of you played on different teams. Uh, I share with the early church. My, uh, I played for a Hall of Fame basketball coach in, in Louisiana. He won 1,103 games in his career as a high school coach. Uh, the amazing thing is his son, who I graduated from high school with, is a coach in Louisiana now. Uh, he's my age. He's still coaching. He's, his record as a coach is 926 and 231 with 10 state champions. You know who taught him how to coach? His daddy. Taught him how to be a coach. Uh, he has a sports camp uh, that he does. He went and bought a school that was closed, turned it into a camp. He's got NBA players that come to his camp. Uh, they're saying he's a shoe-in to be a Hall of Famer like his dad. You know, you may, and, and Coach Carla also had another, bro, another son, John, who's coaching in Texas. John hadn't had the success of Randy. He's only won three state championships, which most of us would celebrate. You know, and I'm not talking about basketball. 
he, he discipled them what it meant to carry on a task to do. Uh, they understood the game. They understood how to coach. They understood all that. Now, they probably took a lot of what Coach Carlisle taught them and tweaked them, but, but he poured into them at an early age and taught them uh, the things that he was passionate about. Uh, he was also passionate about Jesus. And even as a coach, he said, you know what, you can win all your games, and if you don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He was a great guy to play basketball for. Uh, uh, I'm sure Randy and John teach the same thing. So don't think basketball, but isn't that what we need to be about as Christians? That we need to be pouring into to people? We need to be sharing Christ with them, telling them how important it is for them to follow Jesus so that we can make an impact on the world that we live in. Discipleship is a slow-moving process, and it creeps along, and sometimes you think, I wonder if I'm making any difference. But look at the difference in 16 years uh, if we truly begin to disciple others. Uh, our challenge as a church this year is to become more and more what God wants us to be. Uh, if we do what God calls us to be, if, if just a handful of us will begin to disciple others and begin to do the things that we're supposed to do, we won't have room. We won't have these empty seats. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be so full that we'll be sending people out because we don't have room for everybody. And it's not about the number of people who come to church. It's about the number of souls who get to heaven. So it's important. And I challenge you to pray about it. If you're not part of being discipled or you're not part of discipling somebody, I challenge you to do that. It'll change your life. It'll change your ministry. It'll change the thing that you're all about. Uh, and it'll honor Christ. And ultimately, our goal as a church is to give honor and glory to Jesus Christ because he's the only one that deserves it. So if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, today could be the start. It could be the day that you say, I'm going to start this circle about what my life needs to be about. If you are a believer, and you may say, today's the day I need to decide that I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to begin to pour in somebody else's life. And it's not going to be about me anymore. It's going to be about them and about Jesus and their relationship with Him. Uh, as we have an uh, invitation, which we always do, you're free to come pray over that. You're free to come talk to one of us about what God would have you do. But I challenge you, we challenge you as a church, Step up to do the thing that God wants you to do. Be a discipler of Christ. Uh, follow the commandments of Jesus when he says, go into this world and make disciples. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for this day and this time we have together. We ask your blessings over us. We, uh, we pray, Lord, you'll continue to be with us each and every day. That, uh, Father, in this world we live in, it needs someone to speak truth and love to uh, to show the love of, to people in the world, to show them that Jesus cares and that Jesus can transform their lives. And I pray that during this time of response, Father, if there's someone here that doesn't know you're Savior and Lord, remove any obstacle that will keep them from making that decision today. Also, Father, for us as believers, help us to, as we have this time of response, our response may need to be, God, I'm not doing what I need to do. Uh, help me to do it, and I'll follow you. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we come to you now, Lord, and just ask you and you to just continue to work in all of our lives. Uh, and we just praise you because of who you are.
uh, and thank you for loving us. In your name I pray, amen.